there, pretties. It's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And a really sweet guy with a deep voice to give you a... Uh, oh, yes. Just a quick warning. Yes, the Chrissy and Heather show contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and nonsense. If you're averse to any of these ingredients, the Chrissy and Heather show may not be for you. So talk to your doctor and all your friends about this program. Well, hello, Heather. Hello, Chrissy. How's it going? Going pretty good. How about you? It is going all right. Um, earlier last week, I had a really cool experience that I wanted to talk about a little bit today. Cool. Before we get to the grab bag, I wanted to talk about hashtag reset Wednesday. Oh, right. Hashtag reset Wednesday is what I would like to become a national movement because it was so fantastic for my family. So basically we were leaving for school Wednesday morning and we were 10 minutes late. Okay. And is that a normal thing for you? No. Okay. It's not. And like a lunch was not packed that needed to be packed. And then when it was packed, it was forgotten on the countertop and a bag that was needed to be packed that there was specific instruction given saying you need to do these three things. The three things were done with modifications that were not really helpful to the plan. So basically everything's just kind of not how it should be. That sounds like a, like a normal day at my house. Well, I said to my children, I wanted to say to my children, <laughs> I wanted to say, you guys are super unorganized mm-hmm. and I'm super pissed at you. Get it together. And, you know, I, yeah, get it together. But I didn't say that to my children. What I said instead was, guys, it seems like we as a collective unit are struggling mm. and we should take time this evening for a reset. Mm hmm. And it wasn't a punishment. It wasn't a whatever. There were no electronics. There was no whatever. I mean, just the gist of it. I'm going to put a link up to the article that I wrote about it. I mean, we don't have to go into all the details now. But we basically spent our entire evening organizing, planning, putting together life so that it could be better the next day. And Thursday morning, my kids were up at 6 a.m. They were up before me. My daughter woke me up and asked me to go for a quick run with her. Hmm. Um, they ate a big breakfast. They had it together. And I'm like, this is this is like a miracle that we just took this midweek break yeah. to reset. And I, I would like this to catch fire. I feel like this was so helpful to my family and so wonderful. I would love other people to try it. And I'd love to hear other people's Reset Wednesday um, success stories. Wednesday. So great. Wednesday is a really nice day to reset because, you know, it's halfway through the work week or the mm-hmm. school week. And you, know, you can, I like to think of it as like course correction, you know, like have yeah. we got, are we still heading towards where we, where we need to be going right? or have we gotten distracted? Have we gotten off the path and let's get back on it? Yeah. And for us, we usually organize our bags and do everything on Sunday nights and we had kind of done that, but the week before being Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. off school the entire week. And we just struggled our way through Monday and Tuesday, yeah. you know, and it was just really rough. And oh no, this was really nice. And I asked my daughter uh, yesterday, I was like, hey, I want to talk about this on our show. And I'm like, I want to talk about how great and helpful it was. But, you know, did did you like it too? Like, do you think we should do it every Wednesday? 
And she was like, well, we we did a lot of stuff. She's like, I don't think we should do that much every Wednesday. Because we went through every single drawer. We we did, you know, like we organized, like we t- purged the closets. We wow. did everything. And I'm like, you know, we don't have to do that much. But right. just a moment to, you know, make sure that the bag doesn't have a bunch of things in it that we don't need. You know, old papers and yeah. stuff. And, you know, and she's like, yeah, I really think we should. She's like, Thursday was really good, wasn't it? Yeah. And I'm like, so well, that was really nice. I really liked that. Do you have any like little tips or tricks or things that you do in your family that helps it function a little more smoothly? Well, you know, one thing I kind of do that a little bit every night mm-hmm. I, as far as disorganized. I wouldn't say that our mornings are disorganized, um, but we are usually a little bit running behind and I try to get. I try to have my boys be responsible for their own things. Right. I don't want to always be putting things in their backpack for them, you know, and kind of like, you know, covering for them. I want them to face the consequence of not having their stuff organized. Yeah. Now, now I'm trying to teach them how to do it. I don't expect mm-hmm. them to just know how to do it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at the end of when we come home, we've got a little ritual of, you know, like first, you know, you hang up your backpack, you take care of your lunchbox, whatever happened with Mm -hmm. your lunch during the day, you need to take care of whatever's in there, put your ice pack back in the freezer, you know, just, I try to do things in a streamlined way so that there isn't a big pile of things to go through. Exactly. But there are always, I'd say maybe once a month or every two months where I have a day like that, where I have to just press stop on everything mm-hmm. and we've got to get it together. Right. And get back on track. Yeah. And I I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was really a pretty yeah. A pretty fun thing. I hope that our listeners try it and you know, yeah. I hope that it works for them and they're not like this was a terrible experience. Oh no. Um, <laughs> and I, it's the type of thing that you try it and then like what worked well, what would I do differently? And mm-hmm. you know, just kind of tweaking it for your family. I like to clean as I go and, and always be Me in too. a constant state of tidying up. Me too. And then throwing things out. Yeah, me too. I love to purge. Like Ooh, nothing's better too. than than getting rid of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other week I, um, so sometimes when I'm stressed out, like uh, what brings me joy is to throw things away. Oh, I love purge. it. Um, and I was upset that I was trying to purge things from my kitchen and I had just done it pretty recently, like two weeks <laughs> And before. there wasn't anything There was nothing. Away. And I literally stood and held a champagne glass for like five minutes. And I was like, I could throw this away. Like it was the only thing that I was like, maybe this could be tried. And I'm like, literally just bought this for my mocktails in August, but I could throw this away. Like I was so sad that I couldn't find things to throw away, but I satisfied the craving by throwing away all of the cardboard packaging that everything was in, in mm-hmm. my pantry and cleaning out my fridge. And so it worked out. That'll worked help. Out fine. Yeah. yeah. I have had that letdown feeling of I really want to throw things out and purge everything and just like fresh, clean start. Mm-hmm. And then I don't really have anything. There's nothing to left to, to throw away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a week ago, there was an attack on the London Bridge mm-hmm. and some heroes thwarted a terrorist. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to talk about the attack and I don't even want to talk about the heroes. If you've seen this story... You might know what I want to talk about. I don't. I want to talk about narwhals. (laughs) 
I saw a reference to narwhals online last week, and I did not know what it was about. So a guy used a tusk that he pulled off of a wall oh, to fight a terrorist. Wow. And I'm, I'm in the show notes, you're going to find a link to a Vanity Fair article. Okay. Um, but the Vanity Fair article goes through a section where they, they tell us a little bit about narwhals. So this, okay. is, this is what I learned. It, this is from the Vanity Fair article. Basically, a sea unicorn. The average one weighs between 1,760 and 3,530 pounds and can live up to 50 years. Its tusk grows through its upper lip, forming a helix spiral. Usually, only male narwhals grow a tusk, but about 15% of females do too. Male narwhals touch touch their tusks to exchange information about water conditions, similar to how truckers use CB radios. That's crazy. It's crazy. So my first question is, can you even believe that narwhals are real? Like, (laughs) no, not now. (laughs) Like, I can't even believe that they're real. And how strong are, are those horns? I mean, I, we thwarted a terrorist with them. They're obviously strong enough to knock out a terrorist. What are they made of? I guess they like they're made tusks? out of like elephant tusk. Are they ivory? Well, I don't know because they live in the water. Elephant? I don't know. What is it? Oh my god! Wow, I didn't realize that they could transmit information. Me neither. Through their magic horn, it's unbelievable. It, well, and you said thirty five hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. That's as big as my camper. Right. Do you think that narwhals are more popular than ever? And is it because of Elf or is it because of the Beanie Boos brand? Like, like what, what yeah. is it that, why are we so into them? Well, you know, I think. Why do we want everything to be a unicorn lately? Like every toy. Well, the unicorn, unicorn thing component. does seem kind of sudden. Like all of a sudden everything is about unicorns. Yeah. And narwhals are the unicorns of the sea. Well, it makes me wonder, could actual unicorns have existed? Could they be oh, for extinct? Sure. For sure. Are they real? I'm if we have them in the sea, confident. why can't they be on land? Or will they be? Maybe they haven't happened yet, but maybe they will be. We've got them in the sea now. Uh, okay. Well, hmm. my brain's going crazy now. <laughs> so, <laughs> because it seems like now my friends who work in actual scientific fields, as opposed to my Gosh. knowledge of narwhals being from like 30,000 leagues under the sea. Um, and what I just read you from Vanity Fair. And that, Fair. what I just yeah. learned, <laughs> is, um, you know, it does seem like when, like there are animals on land now that evolved from animals that were in the water. Right. Right. So it does seem like it could be an evolutionary Can you trend. imagine when the first unicorn is born? Like, how do we decide if they were going to grow a horn on a horse? Why, like, why would it be a horse? But it's not a horse. It's a unicorn. It's a horse with a horn. I mean. I think that if a unicorn was sighted, nobody would believe it. Because a unicorn has been now adopted as like this this like almost unimaginable thing. Like you think Mm -hmm. about like, like sometimes people talk about the perfect storm, the perfect scenario being like the unicorn, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think if somebody, it would be like Bigfoot, somebody would say they saw unicorn, everybody would be like, okay. Swamp cabbage man. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. Like, I I think it's possible now. Oh, for sure. It's possible. I really like narwhals give me 
hope that maybe we'll get unicorns. I wonder if the unicorns would be able to transmit information to each other through their horns. I don't know, but that would be amazing too. I really want to know, like it says similar to how truckers use a CB radio. That's radio signals. I don't, yeah, it's just, it's unbelievable. I wonder if there's a, okay, so this is, this is what I wonder, like with electric eels, Mm-hmm. And then there's jellyfish that seem to have like an electric thing going on. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the narwhals communicating through their magic tusks. Mm-hmm. Um, my science friends heads are exploding right now. <laughs> but they're like, that's not how it works. <laughs> but like sometimes my brain wonders how is it that they are electric eels in the water right i don't know i we need a zoologist <laughs> stat deep voice guy do you know i don't <laughs> i would like you to know deep voice guy that on our last episode i i said out loud that i was worried about you making me coffee because i was worried you wouldn't make it right and you made a perfectly adequate cup of coffee. You made a very good cup of coffee. And I am sorry that I doubted <laughs> your coffee making skills. Well, I was, I'm glad I'm glad it turned out well. Me too. <laughs> I do. I do know that you've never let me down yet. It's it's absolutely true. They say it's a strong cup that I make. <laughs> I love that we just brought him in here. Yeah. yeah this is great. Um, okay. So wh- when did we find these narwhals? How long have we known about these narwhals? And so of course I went to the internet. My friend, the internet says that we first studied them in 1648, mm-hmm. that it probably is how we decided unicorn should be a thing. Ooh. It says in 1996, we guessed the population of narwhals to be at 50 K and in 2017, we now estimate the population at 170K. So we either found more or there are more or we just got super more interested in them. So there has been a spike in narwhal activity. Okay, so now this goes back to the conversation about going on a cruise. Because one thing that I would love to do, as much as this would terrify you, <laughs> standing on a ship in the middle of the ocean and just contemplating what is down there. That would not terrify me. That it is. I, we could, we should do a show from a cruise ship carnival. Please. Maybe sponsor so. Us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I thought you didn't want to be in the middle of the ocean with no, I no think it's, I think it's strange. I don't think it's scary. Okay. That's a difference. Mm-hmm. All right. On with the narwhal. Uh, I'm done with the narwhal. Oh, but I man, do want to ask you. Excited. <laughs> well, I mean, you, now you have something to research. It's interesting that the the speculation about narwhals goes back that far because um, I've often wondered how much back then they speculated or knew about what was in the ocean because they didn't have the technology to 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 go down that far. Right. So it's just interesting how much they knew and how they found There's it so out. There's so much we still don't know. Yeah. We don't know what's going on out there. All right. I want to ask you something unconventional. Okay. I would like you to trade me chairs. Oh, really? Yep. Why? Come on. Trade me chairs. What do you mean? Like, you're you know, moving. We're going to switch microphones. Oh, man. Okay. We're going to switch microphones. All right. Here just, we go. I promise I it's not stuff? for too long. It's not for too long. It's just for a minute. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. So I wanted Heather to switch me to chairs because you guys, we sit in the same spot every show. We have established a routine. And where we sit in the show and in life shapes our perspective. True. I like your chair better so far. I kind of like yours. (laughs) (laughs) So from these new seats, I want to revisit something that came up and that I thought through from both of last week's episodes. Okay. Last week's episodes were decisions, decisions, and Mm -hmm. let's talk about sex. Yeah. And I asked Heather on let's talk about sex if a mismatched sex drive should result in divorce. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up because this is the one part of the conversation that I wanted to revisit. Perfect. Well, you quickly said no. Right. And I quickly thought yes. And how we made those decisions came from our past experiences, which in this case were dissimilar. Right. So we had a brief off the air discussion after we recorded Let's Talk About Sex, where we learned that the the term mismatch that I used were defined differently between us. Mm-hmm. The amount of time the mismatch persisted was different from my side of the fence to your side of the fence. Uh, like what we were, what we were thinking of in our, in our brains. I meant like a severe mismatch for like a decade and a half. And Heather was thinking of like a temporary, yeah, but we're still in the same ballpark kind of mismatch. And we both had come up with our own parameters for the scenario based on our personal experiences. And I just think it's neat. I think that then when we took the time to see how the other person approached the question, we found out that our answers weren't as dissimilar as we thought. Yes. Yeah. True. Well, yeah, because once I start, I started thinking about it more and we did have a, a really nice conversation off air that you know we didn't record for time's sake, but also because, you know, those, that's the type of conversation that just continues, um, you know, but when you phrased it in the context of a beginning of a relationship, like if I was, I'm, I've been married for 22 years. Right. So if there's a disconnect like that, I don't consider that to be a deal breaker because we are so invested in each other as people that, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, you know, it it would be, you know, it, I consider that it'd be like a, a temporary blip that can be, that can be fixed. But if I was at the beginning of a relationship and I was dating somebody and right off the bat, it was clear that we had a mismatch or if after a relatively short period of time, like we're just not on the same page, mm-hmm. then then, yeah, I wouldn't pursue a long term relationship with somebody that I knew I was going to have a mismatch with. Yeah, I just, you know, I just think that it kind of our decision making was based on, you know, our own personal perspectives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Do you want to switch back? Well, I really do like your chair, but I will switch back because right. I switch back. Yeah, We're, okay, I got to get back to that coffee. Okay. Then. Exactly. I want my water. <laughs> All right. Well, we finally made okay. it to the grab bag. <laughs> that wasn't even the grab bag. <laughs> that wasn't even the grab bag. Um, today, it's super simple. Okay. I read a quote last night that I instantly fell in love with. Okay. And I want to give you a few quotes today and I want to talk about them. All right. And if you've got any favorite quotes off the top of your head, I want to hear them too. Okay. The first quote, the one that I heard last night that I super liked was hurt people, hurt people mm-hmm. and healed people, heal people. Mm. And it was an unknown author. I don't know who it was. Hopefully you heard it from me first. So I, can <laughs> I had not heard it before. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. I 
did not make it up, but if you would like to attribute it to me, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just think, yeah, like I, I definitely get that the, you know, I, I do think that people who are hurt hurt other people, but I never really looked at that other tag, healed people, heal people. I think that's true though. I do too. Yes. I really feel like when you've been through a similar experience, then you end up at a place where you can, you know, right. Be a resource, be a sounding board, be something to someone else. Yes. I really liked that one. Well, I think that you understand, it gives you empathy. Yeah. You've gone through the process mm-hmm. of healing and you understand more what somebody needs in order for them to heal. The next quote is a Taylor Swift quote. Okay. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Hmm. I love it. It's just smart writing. Like, what do you think is going to happen if you act like an idiot? Yeah. You know? Well, you reap what you sow. Right. Exactly. You lie down with dogs, you get up with fleas. I like that. You are the company that you keep. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you if you have one, but you just said two. Um, <laughs> do you have any other ones? Well, I think there's a lot of um, of people who have said, you know, catchy ways of putting together words that that say the same thing that, you know, that, right. you know, if you have a problem with what's going on in your life right now, there's, you know, usually the common denominator is you, right? Exactly. <laughs> you're yep. doing, you're making a, a consistent decision pattern that is keeping you where you don't want to be. I heard another one just this morning. Okay. I saw it on someone's social media that I thought was really good. I had never heard this one before. It was from Voyage of the Dream Treader, which I don't even know. I don't know if it's a book. I don't know if it's a movie. I don't even know what that is. So I guess I need to look it up. But that's who she quoted as saying it. And the quote was, hardships often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny. Hmm, I like that. I like that, too. I really do. I think that's. I mean, and yeah, I like that. <laughs> All right. I have one more. Okay. One more. This one. I ah, I love this one. And we're going to spin just a little bit into something different. I've okay. covered this one. Um, this one is do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break and all things can be mended. Not with time, as they say, but with intention. And that's mm-hmm. L.R. Nost. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And when I go about my day and things get messed up, I only say a portion of this to myself. I I say all things break and I imply in my own mind the intentional mending part. And why do you think we do this? Why do we grab these little snippets and make them mantras? Like, what do you think the psychology of that is? It's everywhere online. Mm -hmm. Someone says three or four words in this powerful little sequence and we like it like 10,000 times. Right. Why? Why do you think we do that? Well, I use mantras a lot. I really like the process of editing and editing my words. You know, as as writers, we both edit. Mm-hmm. And I was always taught to edit, 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 edit all of the unnecessary words out until right. you have as few words as possible to say the biggest thing. Right. And so mantras are really attractive to me because it's a few words that mean a lot. And they're also, they're easy to remember. And I think the ones that we like all of those thousands of times are the universal ones. I totally agree. Where it's like a meme, you know, like you see a picture and everybody understands what that emotion is. Um, and I think that some of the most popular mantras are are ones that encapsulate you know, 
our very universal experiences in just a few little words that are easy to remember. And the best ones, in my opinion, are the ones that inspire us to 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 do whatever it is that makes us feel like we are our authentic selves. Yeah, like they're just these nice little digestible reminders Mm -hmm. of what we're trying to be, I guess, or Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do. I think the most important question here, Heather, is how do we get us some of these little quotes going viral? (laughs) How do we get some of that? But I know the answer. It's Mm -hmm. social media and you should check out ours. The website is christineheather.com. C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. Thank you for telling them how to spell my name, Heather. Everyone knows how to spell Heather. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty pretty (laughs) universal. Uh, Facebook and Insta at Chrissy and Heather. Mm -hmm. We want to hear your Reset Wednesday successes. We want to hear your favorite quotes. Most importantly, we want to hear from anyone who has ever had an encounter with an R-Wall. All right, until next time, guys. Bye. Deep voice guy, how'd we do? I think you ladies did absolutely fabulous. And for those of you looking to increase your dosage, make sure to connect with The Chrissy and Heather Show on Facebook and Instagram.